What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Gifted Gab. It's your boy, Alex Eskindarka. And before we get started, make sure you are subscribed to us here on the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube as well. If you haven't seen how we uh, redid our website, go check that out too. we got some great, great new things coming for The Gifted Gab. Uh, merch, giveaways, all that. So you want to be in the loop. Uh, so stay tuned with us. Make sure you're following us on all socials and, and, and everything. And this episode here is, man, I love stories. I love a good story. And uh, our guest for our 1K combos is a good friend of mine, Mo Jabari, Kid Chocolate. You know, he's a pro wrestler. And it's like eight years ago, he had this dream of being a wrestler. And... Eight years later, he's rubbing shoulders with, you know, the Randy Orton's. Uh, he's mentored by the Hitman. For those of you who are uh, wrestling fans, <laughs> you're going to know. Uh, you're going to know who the Hitman is, Bret Hart. And just to see, like, the progress, what he comes from. You know, he's, he's a Somali-Kenyan refugee. Shout out the Warriors. And, you know, just comes from humble beginnings, man. To see him from that to this to where he's at is truly inspiring. So make sure you guys, you know, take in the episode. This episode's a little different because what you're about to listen to is the audio, the sit-down. Uh, on the visual version, we play a game of pool. We got a conversation going on there as well. Uh, so it's a different different content. It's it's same episode, different content, you know, and uh, you will like it. You will love it, actually. And if this, this episode doesn't inspire you, then I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, check it out. Keep up with Mode. He's doing his thing out there. And with no further ado, The Gifted Gap, 1K Convos, Kid Chocolate. Let's get it. You are now tuned in to The Gifted Gap. Kid Chocolate in the cut. We're here. We're back. Yes, sir. My guy. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Little, little game of pool just to warm us up. I gotta, I gotta put it on. Killed Alex. We're not talking about pool. This podcast isn't about pool. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll let it be. We'll let it be. Uh, so, yo, like, uh, who's your inspiration? In terms of what wrestling, man, oh, life man. in general. If it if it uh, if it was life, it'd be my mom. Mm. If it was life, it'd be my mom. My mom, uh, bro, is like, I'm. You know, it's you know, it's funny, man. It's like, you'd be you'd be, you actually be a good guy to to tell this to. But it's like, uh, I have seen. Uh, I have like two younger siblings that grew up in this country. One actually was born in this country, my baby sister. It's like, I think, uh, I think she's 11 or 12 now. But uh, my brother came to Canada. When we came to Canada, my brother was about, uh, I would say, two. Just, just, just about two or going into three. But it was like, I got, I got to see my brother grow up here. And it's like, life is, comp- bro, my brother is like, my brother wouldn't even, you know, my brother wouldn't, wouldn't even slap a fly off his chest or of his, or his shoulder. It's like, it's weird, but like where, 
well, I see he's he's uh about fifteen or sixteen now, but it's like when I was in Africa, I was we came to Canada when I was about eleven. I mean, yeah, I was ten or ten turning eleven or eleven turning twelve. Can't really get that right, but fucking um, am I allowed to swear? Am I allowed to yeah, swear? you good. <laughs> but uh, take your mic up a yeah, little bit. Okay, yeah, swear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it's crazy. It's like, bro, when I was when I was like five, age like age five, six to seven. I think those ages for me was equivalent to what my brother is right now, sixteen, because mm. of the the lifestyle, how we were raised, or what we had to, you know, you know see or how fast we had to grow where we come from or where I was at that time. So I was like, at five, I'll, what my brother, you know, how the, the mentality my brother has now, at, you know, not like not just my brother, but any kid at his age right now, the mentality, unless it's like one of those like, you know, living in the hood or like, you know, crazy mm-hmm. kids. is like a simple kid in Canada or anywhere on this side of the world. It's like at the mentality they have the mentality they have at age 15 16 is the mentality ha- i had at f- 6 7 mm-hmm. you know it's like i was i was a rebel bro it was like you know it was you grew up fast. fast bro i remember uh, my mom my mom lived at uh or both of us i i was born in a refugee camp down in kakuma refugee camp down in kenya and it was uh, my mom for 13 years yeah 13 years uh Every day, my mom had the same routine. She would wake up four or five in the morning, walk, you know, God knows how long, like two, three hours to go to the UN. Uh, and, uh, I wouldn't even say embassy, but like their, their setup down mm-hmm. at the camp, you know, just to, you know, tell her, tell them that her, her, uh, her case or her, you know. Situation. Pitch, yeah. yeah, she would tell her like, hey, this is how I live. I'm a single mother, you know. Uh, you know, in in a place where it was where we could, especially in that camp, it was it was brutal, man. It was like if you didn't, if you weren't, you know, ten, fifteen deep in terms of your husband, your brother, your sister, your mom. If you, you weren't, yeah, if you if you weren't deep, you know, you were you were a weak link. Everybody look at you. Everybody, it was kill or be killed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Everybody look at each other. Like for me to survive, if the situation had to be, that's the guy I would go after. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. For my mom, who was, you know, everybody be like, that's the one right there. You know, it'd be uh, her and her son, that's it. And I, you know, so it was my mom, I've seen my mom get beat up by like groups of women. Because also, my mom was very opinionated. My mom didn't, she would tell people how she felt. Mm-hmm. She never held anything. You know, it was like, what she see, you know, how she see, how she's seen things is how she would lay it. So it was, uh, I was getting kind of like you. <laughs> you, you, yeah, yeah, you know me more. Yeah, you know, kind of like very much so. But it was like, but yeah, my mom was, you know, and 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 in our culture of, you know, I don't know how your culture is, but similar, I'm, I'm assuming. But it's like people don't want to, you know, you tell people how it is in this world, in this side of the world. Yeah, like, period. People would respect it, but like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's your opinion. We'll we'll f off and walk away. But over there, it's like, oh, you think I'm this? Okay. You know, come back with like three sisters, the mom, their mom, and their brother, and they beat the living. So I've seen a lot of my mom went through a lot, and for her to take it to the, you know, she'll take it on, on her chin and dust herself up, and you know, grab me by the hand and walk away, and be like, all right, tomorrow's a new day. And it's like, I've seen my mom do that for you know ten years, and it was like, and you know, 
it was uh it's crazy man it's like so for for me it was like i've seen a lot i've seen everything you can there's absolutely like nothing you can tell me and i haven't seen like i've seen dead people i've seen you know mm-hmm. I've, uh, i remember at five years old uh, you know and this guy who uh who you know his sister he, you're you're a muslim brother so you you would know the our, our religion and our, our situation but uh this guy whose sister was a bit you know friendly with other guys you know not not saying like mm-hmm. in a bad way she was just more she was a friendly person she you know she would she had guy friends not boyfriends but guy friends and uh in our religion and our culture that's not how you you go about things and and especially the some worse so that's our culture our religion being africans in terms of what i'm saying culture but then being somali it's a whole different world yeah right so it's uh, and and somali and somalians in general it's uh reputation is everything mm-hmm. you know to them they die they live and die by reputation you know what what you think what you think and what anybody thinks to them to them is that's how they live so it's like this guy who's getting up every day who's uh getting fingers pointed at him saying, "Hey man, I seen your sister yesterday. She was with two guys. They're her friends. They're not no harm being done over there, but it was like so he finally had a word with his sister kind of like, "Hey man, you're giving our family a bad name. Relax." The girl laid that information to the guys and those guys visited the brother and shot him right in the head. and it was the next door to us and i remember we heard the gunshot here you would close your door you'd hide over there everybody ran to see the situation i remember this guy's brain like i i'll never i'll never forget it was right to my feet his brain was bleeding right on my feet is like so i seen things like that and you know all, i can tell you stories about it all day but it's crazy so like i grew up in a in a kill or be killed situation or like lifestyle so when we came here it was it's not like that it's not like that and it's not only is it like that it's like there's opportunities and also where where I come from which is a crazy thing which is another thing I, my inspiration being my mom is like people go there they they flee their countries whether especially in this camp we were at it was uh, uh Sudan Ethiopia Somalia Burundi Congo like those were the uh, mm-hmm. the majority of people that were there those people would come there and it's like unless you had a you know unless you were uh, my mom would be a good example to use unless you were like someone like my mom you would just have kids you'll live your life there because it wasn't you it wasn't the war you just came from mm-hmm. so to you it was comfortable to you this yeah. is it your kids would have kids this is this is generations mm-hmm. to this day and the people would just have kids and kids and kids no, not won't have any hope of going anywhere so for for people so for, for where i come from it's like people just it's life of there no one ever thinks of hey maybe we should give ourselves chances or opportunities by one day maybe immigrating ourselves to you know north america or anywhere uk or europe or whatever so it's like my mom to have that vision and to have that patience and to have that grind and you know it's so much you know people always ask me like where i get that like pa- like drive of like grinding or like working really hard it comes from her because i remember all that mm-hmm. like it's not something that when i came to canada my mom had to tell me the story of when i was like oh man i did this no i remember i lived it mm-hmm. you know i've seen it all so it's like so when we come here and it's like um instead of you know my mom 
would this is what my mom would have liked, you know, get an education, become, you know, what every African parent's the doctor. Doctor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I'd never let you operate exa- on me. But yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't operate on anybody. Man, I wouldn't operate on a potato, bro. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's like. That's what my mom would have loved. That's her vision. That's what she's seen when she was back in the camp. You know, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what, she wasn't grinding for herself. She was grinding for me. Our parents never, you know, you know, exactly. So it's like, for us. yeah, so exactly. So for, for her to do all that. And to me, I come from a place where I've seen, my whole life was violence. Mm-hmm. My whole life I had to, dude, you, you can see, you, anybody, you can see the scars on my face. My whole life I fought. Every day of my life I fought. You know, but it's like uh, to come here. The typical thing I, I was in, a, I was there was no school back there. So I was outside all day, bro. So for me to be here and go to school all day is like it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good feeling. It's like I'm more I'm like in a prison. Yeah, I was yeah. in a prison. So like for me to finally when I graduated high school, I'm like oh, f- even before high school, like in in junior high, I wanted to be. So I had this. I've always watched wrestling, and I always wanted it. And it was like. S- <laughs> Sounds funny, but it was like the closest thing to violence. You know, it was like <laughs> they, the, the UFC, like like UFC is pretty big now. Mm-hmm. The, the world knows about UFC now, but, but back when I like we came to Canada, or or six or seven ish, like it late, it wasn't as big as it is now. It was a thing, but it wasn't as big as it is mm-hmm. now, right? WWE on the other side was huge. So to me, I was like, oh, that, that must be. A real, I didn't know it was fake or real. I was like, that's that must be the that's that's what I want to do. It's like that's. I came from Kenya where I was fighting every day. This would be perfect for me. Right? <laughs> so I was like, so I like, I, that was what I wanted to be. And then life went on. I, you know, I grew up, went to school, junior high, whatever, high school, and, you know, played ball, whatever the situation was. But at the end of the day, when I got home, that was where I went, came back to. It was like, that's it, that's it. So finally, when I, when I finished school, it was like, I know what I want to be. I've, I've always known what I wanted to be since I was like five years old. Got on the fight, and this is the only way I can do it without getting my head kicked. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really, I really wouldn't want to <laughs> be in a, you know, cage with John Jones and get my head kicked or something like that. But this is the closest thing to it without getting my head kicked. And like, this is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you came and you were watching TV, you were watching WWE. Yeah. Who was the person? Oh man, that's easy. That's Randy Orton, man. Randy Orton, that's my guy. RQ. Oh my God, that's the that's the goat. That's the goat, man. I uh, funny. I have this little funny story. I uh, I uh, went to uh, I was in New York, oh, 2019, right? Because uh, the whole last year was what it was. But uh, April 2019, I was in uh, New York for WrestleMania and stuff like that, and uh, uh, WWE usually rents a, a whole hotel for their wrestlers, their families, employees, all, all that thing. So one WWE, and it's like they got, like they get security, cops, police, dogs, whatever, just like if the president was in that hotel type of thing. So uh, my my connection, obviously, with like Brad and all those guys got me in there. So it was like I had access to go in there or whatever. So they do the night, the night of WrestleMania, they have a WrestleMania after party, mm. right? So it's like they give you, you have to have access. You have to have like a wristband, right? So you go to this thing. I had a wristband and I go to this thing and it's like uh, any, anybody you can name is there. Randy Orton's there. Ray Mysterio's there. Name it. It's Triple there. H. Everybody's there, right? So it's like 
I remember, like, at this point, I've seen that a couple of years prior. I've been to two times, three times. I've been to that party two times, three times. So I wasn't, I wasn't starstruck, uh, struck like, mm-hmm. the, like the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, there, there's that guy. I've seen him before. I'm mm-hmm. cool, you know. Let me be, let me, let me chill. You're chilling. Yeah. The one guy, it didn't matter if I seen him multiple times or first time was Randy Orton, where I'd be like, that's Randy Orton. That's the man. So it was like, um, you know, a few beverages, whatever the case might be. But what's it called? Uh, we were, there was like a dance floor. We were dancing, we were dancing. And like, I can hear someone. It was like a group of black people. It was myself, a couple of like WWE stars that were off color. Like we were dancing. We were like mm-hmm. doing, teach, it's like teach me how to dug you, whatever the situation <laughs> would be. All the white people kind of stood on the side. were like, what the hell are these guys doing? Whatever. They were like cheering us on or whatever. And I swear to God, I'm like, Chilling, chilling, chilling. I can, uh, from just the side of my eye, I, I see someone just bang, bang, bang. And I'm like, I look over and I'm like, oh shit, that's Randy Orton. That like, <laughs> guy's clapping for this dance battle I'm in. I'm like, all right, I, you know, I'm cool, whatever. We do our thing. And then uh, after it was finished, I kind of like walk, I go towards him and it was him and his wife dancing. And I like went up to his wife and I'm like, hey, I was like, I don't want to. No, I'm not an idiot here or anything. I don't want to disrespect you. You know, this is your time with your husband and stuff like that. But this is like literally my hero. This is for you would be Kobe Bryant or mm-hmm. a situation, whatever. But you know, this is the guy. And I remember he like laughed. He was like, yeah. He was like kind of like, he was like poking me. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, why am I, you know, your favorite or whatever. He like, we had a little conversation. I was I'm like, told him, and he was like, well, you know what? He's like, I can see, like, I passed his little test. It was, like, real good. And he's like, let's get a picture, man. And he's like, he, like, took my phone and we got a picture. And I still have this picture. It was, like, one of the sweetest pictures. It was cool, man. But it was, like, I got to talk to this guy. I'm like, yo, man, I, like, f- like for a good 10 minutes I talked to this guy. And I was, like, I was telling him, like, yo, man, I ain't supposed to be here with you right now. I ain't supposed to be standing in front of you telling you you're my favorite wrestler. I'm, I'm just some kid. For, I'm just a refugee kid from Kenya, man. Mm-hmm. I'm in Times Square, New York. You know, and did some show in New Jersey the night before. I was like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here, but I am. And he's like, and he liked, I can see his eyes back up like, holy shit. You know, this guy's just not an ordinary fan type of thing. He's like, so he like gave me the time talk and stuff like that. And funny enough, that was in April. I seen him in August in Toronto when I did the summer stuff. And like, I like seen him in catering. And I'm like, yo, what's up? And he like remembered me. And he's like, yo, what's up? We talked for a bit and stuff like that. And, like, gave me advice, whatever. And then we went our ways and never said nothing to him. And then I seen him again February, last February in Winnipeg. I did, like, a WWE trial thing over there. And uh, again, he like, yo, he's like, I was walking down the hallway. All I hear is big boy. And I look back and I seen him coming. And I didn't know what to do. My hands got pretty sweaty. (laughs) I'm like, shit. I'm like, yeah, what do I do? do?" And anyway, like, gosh, gave him, like, an awkward handshake and everything. It was, like, good. And he's like... And he's like, remember, he's like, he says to me, he's like, remember the advice I gave you? I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to lie. And I was like, I thought talking to you that, te- like, whatever. He was just, it was, I wasn't thinking, man. He's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, he's like, make money, don't get hurt. I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, the only advice I give you is make money, don't get hurt. I'm like, 
okay, whatever that means. I was like, I, I got you. He's like, he's like, and, and it is true. He's like, just don't be stupid. Pretty much is what he was saying. But it was like, so yeah, don't get hurt. And he's like, the whole point of this is to make money. It's like make money. And I'm like, oh damn. I'm like, this guy's the coolest guy ever, man. He's <laughs> my favorite wrestler ever. But it was like that. That to me was like mind blowing. I got to like, like my favorite wrestler ever. Like knows me like not name wise or not, but when if he sees me, be like, oh, I know this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was like, he gets to talk to me and like tells me, you know, advice and, and stuff like that. So it was like, you know, that that to me is mind blowing in general. Like, that's the guy every every Monday or every Friday I would run as fast as I can from school to try to catch Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, not to watch the show, but to watch Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. It was like, so it was like, to me, it was mind-blowing. And it shows you can do pretty much anything if you just, you know, if you just work hard and, and put your mind to it. Idols become your rivals, right? Yeah, crazy, crazy, <laughs> man, crazy. That's powerful, yeah, man. That's powerful. Yeah. So what's next for Mo? Man, for me, I think from here, it's just everything I've done, uh, at least to get to this point I am right now, just keep doing it. And my goal at this point is just to get to WWE, and it's it's like I can see uh, the end of the tunnel, you know. I can see the end of the tunnel, and it's just keep walking towards the light, and it's and it's just patience. My feet might hurt walking towards the end of the tunnel, but <laughs> last time I seen you at your show, you were freaking yeah, yeah. It was, I'll get there. I'll get there. But it's limping, man. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah. That's another thing. It's like. When uh, the difference between anybody who's just trying to, they, we call them like weekend warriors. It's like just the typical, like, you know, he wants to do it Friday, you know, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday, Monday to, you know, the following Thursday or the following Friday. They're just the father or typical, you know, nine to five guys, which is all of us are at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, none of us are, in, you know, I work nine to five every day. Like, uh, obviously, this pandemic not but like before I was but it was like uh, but the difference between me and those guys is like every time I got in there it was I gotta impress somebody you know who you never know who's watching what you're doing so I went hard regardless you know Mm -hmm. so I was like you don't know this stuff is getting recorded you don't know how far it goes you don't know who's gonna see it you know so you just gotta give it all so I was like I never really obviously do it safe this is like it's an art it's an art, so do it, you know, safe and don't hurt nobody, but go hard. I was, I've always done it like that. So it was like, so the following week of the of the week I of the weekend I just wrestled, I'd always be limping and whatever. So because I put it all in on the line, rather, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it is what it is. And I, I assume that you're the youngest guy in every room at this point. Most of the, yeah, most most of the places yeah. It's like unless it's like. Uh, Unless it's just like a son of somebody who's just, you know, doing what I was doing five years ago, just, you know, paying their dues, whether it's like setting, you know, the the uh, the chairs, setting up the ring. You know, you'll you'll see a lot of guys that are younger than me in that aspect. But in terms of like wrestling, yeah, a lot of them are I'm most in every locker room. I'm, yeah, I'd say I'm the youngest in most locker rooms. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good feeling, too. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. but yeah, it's it's good. It's weird business. You just gotta work hard, bro. It's like I was telling you earlier. You know, I was whipping your ass on uh, 
on pool, but uh, talking about. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was like a lot of politics. You just got to get yourself out of it, and it's it's a good thing when you do because other people notice. It's like people, especially people that have the mind same mindset as me. They're like, okay, I'm gonna stay out of this. They're like, oh, that guy's the same as me, and it's like typically those are the ones that succeed. You know, mm-hmm. the the ones that politic usually get what they want so fast and, and so they, easy that they need, don't know how to maintain mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially when you get them out of that uh, out of that uh, place, you put them. In, what do you call it? What's the saying they say? Uh, uh, was, what is it? Uh, Comfort zone. Something. Something was something in the fi- uh, pond. Small fish in a what is it? Oh, uh, the same? small fish in a, it, a big pond. Big, big pond. fish in a small. It's something small like pond. The, that saying, but it was like yeah. you, most of these guys are b- the big fish in in the pond. Small and, pond. In small pond, and then you put them in in other ponds when there's other big fishes, they shrink, and it's like they're like they're small fishes there, and they don't they don't know what to do because now it's like all they ever done was like oh they just sat next to the promoter and it's like hey man get me in this so like. Now you throw them in a place where all these guys are really good, and the promoter doesn't really give a fuck whether you uh, whether you bring them beer or whatever, and you tell them, hey, maybe uh, I know I sold five tickets today, dude. Let me. It's like they don't give a fuck. It's like the promoter has four guys that will sell tickets without without selling tickets. They just sell tickets by being on the poster. So why do, why does he care about this guy who just sold four tickets to his friends? You know. He clearly doesn't drive, but he just sold tickets to his mom, his dad, his girlfriend, <laughs> you know, his little nephew. And it's like, oh, man, I sold you, you know, four tickets. Yeah. Well, those guys will never come back after tonight. But this guy, you know, it's just weird. But, yeah, those guys are usually, like, the guys that shrink because they're used to the being in Calgary or being in Edmonton or, being, you know, in this little small pond or, like, this small pond where they're the big guy, you know, walking with their chest up and then you throw them somewhere else. It's like, oh, shit. I didn't know it was like this. But people like me, you can take them and throw them in any pond, and I'll, and I'll figure it out. Figure it out. You have a mentor. Right now, I have a few man. It's any you know they get they're bigger than each other. I have uh, I have this guy actually who before I had all these other guys. I have this guy. He's um, he actually moved uh, in, to Liverpool. He just got literally just got signed to WWE about. About a mo- about a month ago, his name is Tony Tony Gill. Yeah, I think you've met Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember met Tony. Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got signed to the WWE. Good guy, but he was my first, not even mentor, but he was where I am right now in terms of like just picking up the business. But I was setting up chairs, and no one was giving me the time of day in terms of saying this is how this works. But I was everything that someone told him, he would throw he would throw it to me. Mm. Right, so I was learning from his point of view. So like any any time he learned something from from somebody that that was good enough, he'd be like, "Yo, dude, this is what I learned today." You know, and then I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll, I'll get it down." So like that was my I think that was my first mentor. I think he helped me so much, and he would take me um, to shows with him, it's places I didn't belong. He would take me with him, and you know, and that's how I picked up so much. I think, but. Uh, there's him. There's uh, my other friend Gama Gama Junior, um, and then there's Jinder Mahal. He's like, he was just WWE. He's from Calgary. He was just WWE champion, which is wild. Uh, Jinder Mahal, and then there's uh, Tyson Kidd, who's another WWE guy. And then above all, there's this guy who's uh, the excellence of execution, <laughs> uh, the best there is, the best there was. Um, 
best ever will be, Bret Hart. Um, that's another uh, really good mentor of mine, and I. He's, uh, I don't know, man, it's for uh, him, and I, I actually speak so highly of him and his family, man, it's like, I'm a nobody to them, especially him, it's like, for him to, you know, not only be my mentor, but it's like, you know, let me in his house, and, you know, welcome me, welcome me like his, you know, like a family, you know, I'm, I'm Christmases, you know, barbecues, whatever the situation is, they're, they're always invited, and it's like, and this is like, <laughs> For anybody, like, you know, you know, but it's like, this is uh, today's world of my, uh, LeBron and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Brad and Sean. Facts. In professional wrestling, it was Brad and Sean. Rivalry, I'm actually, it's the greatest rivalry I'm actually, of all time. I'm actually wearing it, Brad and Sean. It's a rival jacket, but it's like, yeah, that's, that's the, if you ask anybody in wrestling the, who the greatest wrestlers of all time were, uh, of course, you know, popularity-wise, you'll get Hogan. You'll get Steve, Maybe Austin, the Rock. The, Ro- the Rock will be in that. John Cena will be in that mm-hmm. conversation of popularity-wise. Undertaker. Taker, yes. Mm-hmm. Goldberg, yeah, give it a take. Those guys will be there popularity-wise. But if you were like how you guys are uh, basketball players, you know, you, we can talk about how... Uh, Kobe, LeBron, and Jordan. Yeah, you can you can talk them. But then when it gets to details, you guys would be like, well, Kobe was this, Kobe was... You know, so you guys get to detail because you guys know. Mm-hmm. You guys are ball players, you guys know the difficulty of how ball is. You know, some guy in the street might say, yeah, man, Allen Iverson's the best. You know, or like, oh, man, this guy was the best. But you guys actually play basketball. Mm-hmm. So you guys know the difficulty of the, the hard work you put in all that. So, like, majority of ball players will always pick Kobe, right, because of fundamentally how, like, the dude was insane. But it's like, that's how it was with Brett. And it was like... The guys that do it would always go to him. It's like, dude, he made everything look so effortless. Like, he made it, like, in a sport that technically uh, is fake, or to people they say it's fake, he made it look as real as he could possibly get. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, you would watch Bret Hart, and it was like, like, or like, I can watch, I can watch anybody and be like, oh, yeah, I seen that. That was, yeah, mm-hmm. he, you know, that was this part, you know. He didn't hit him there, but it was like, you watch a Bret Hart match, every hit. It was like, oh, dude. Mm-hmm. That's that, what my yeah. dad always used to talk about. Yeah, dude, Bret Hart. Exactly, yeah. man. He was the real deal. It was like, any match you watch Bret Hart, you walk away with. Like, dude, I thought that was fake. <laughs> why, why did that guy kick his head out? Like, you know what I mean? That was Bret Hart matches. Yeah. Like, uh, yo, man, uh, my friend at school told me wrestling's fake. This guy just kicked his head out. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, Bret Hart is for me to get that education from that guy. <sighs> get out of here, man. That's nuts. This guy's limit. That's nuts, man. That's nuts. And yeah, it's, and it's like almost anywhere I go now, it's like people ask me like, hey, uh, who trained you? And I'm like, and my, the original guy that trained me, his name is Lance Storm. He's actually one of the best trainers in the world. But it's like, um, he's, he's, uh, he gets his credit for being one of the best trainers in the world, but he's not Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I was like, Lance Storm trained me. And they're like, oh, that's, well, Lance trained this guy and this guy and that guy and that guy. You know, oh, well, uh, Bret Hart taught me that. Oh, really? And then now the room kind of separates a mm-hmm. little. You know, it's like, okay, you guys all got trained by uh, by Lance, but this guy has Bret Hart experience. Mm-hmm. So please separate the room <laughs> a little. But it's, that's how it goes. That's how it goes anywhere. But I was like, I'm so fortunate, man. I like, 
I can't thank that his family. You know, his his son, his youngest son, Blade, is uh, who is like one of my good friends. You know, but it's actually I, I can't even say his son, but it's like the whole family, his daughters, his sons, his grandkids, everybody. Like that family is like most people. It's funny too. It's like most people don't know other than you guys who are like really good friends of mine but like other than that people I see they don't really know my family they don't know mm. my mom they're my siblings but those you know the, his family does we've you know my my family went to their house for barbecues or whatever the situation so like right. yeah it's like uh, the, they're like as I'm as deep as you can get with them as, in terms of like I'm a family friend to them and they're a family friend to my family so it's it's good it's good people and I'm very fortunate and I can't thank them enough ever like it doesn't matter how big I get in wrestling or how big I don't get. It's like I can never thank him, man. It's just damn. Yeah. You got any advice for uh, anybody that's it's on the fence? On coming up in wrestling or in general? In general, just just you know somebody like you who was has such a clear vision of who they want to be and <coughs> where they want to be. You know, what advice do you have for someone that has an idea of where they want to go? I would. Uh, one thing I actually I learned this is uh, all advice is good advice. In terms of the bad advice, take it. You know, you never you never want to offend anybody. Then, you know, it's, it's in, in this world, it's kind of funny. You never know what that person could be. You know what I mean? And, you know, if, if, if someone gives you advice and you can clearly see that, like, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, where is that advice coming from in terms of, like, I know you didn't do shit, but it's like, you, they don't have to know that. You know? Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. I'll take the advice. Keep it walking. You know, throw it in, throw in the garbage when you leave, if if that's the case. You know, but never take all advice, good or bad. And you know, and and you learn it because the people that uh, the people that don't have the experience or don't have good advice, their advice comes from somewhere, mm-hmm. regardless. You know. It's, you kind of see like, okay, I see that guy's mindset. I can see where that, that's why he's not here. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's the kind of mindset he has. And, oh, this guy has this mindset. You know, his advice is really good because he has this mindset. So you, if you're a good, like, judge of character, of, like, in terms of, like, seeing people and saying, oh, like, you know, Alex, Alex told me, yeah, man, you can do this. You know, and you're like, oh, shit, what has Alex done? You know, or like... You know, I can see why he's telling me to do this. He's never done it. Mm-hmm. He just he sits at home or he does it. You know what I'm saying? That's just just hypothetically. It's like, but then Alex on this side tells me, yeah, man, do that, do this. This is what I did. This is what I did. This is what I did. It's like, okay, this guy actually did all these things. Mm-hmm. And he worked and I've seen it. So I was like, I can follow exact steps that he just told me. The blueprint. Yeah, yeah. Whether this, and this guy is just telling me, do that, I did that. And he's like, well, I, I know you didn't. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to tell so I, I, one thing I'd always tell people is, even my little brother, I tell him, it's like, take all advice, you know, you, especially because you don't know what people can become later on. Mm-hmm. You never know that person that had the shitty advice a couple of years down the road might somehow, someone someone might have given them good advice and they might have changed their outlook and they might become something and now it's like you have to, you know, you have to rely on them. It's like, oh, remember when you thought I had shitty advice, dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep it moving. It's like, but if you, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, that's what I would just tell anybody. Take take advice from everybody and then assess it yourself. And then other than that, work, man. Work hard. 
I think that's the one thing you control your own destiny. That's like a legit fact. It's I always was one of those guys. I I, I actually I watch everything, which is funny. Like I watch Joe Rogan. I watch everything I can possibly things that have absolute nothing to do with me. I mm. watch it just to kind of see like what the mindset is mm. for that person and why he got there. And it's like it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting simply because it's like. Well, it has absolutely nothing to do with me, but that person is at a platform where I'm watching them, right? So it's like, how the hell do they get there? And how the hell, you know, because clearly I think they're interesting. Clearly I'm, you know, waste, wasting time watching this person, trying to understand this person. So it's like, I watch everything. And that's one thing I'd always tell is like, watch everything. And, you know, you'll learn a lot by watching a lot. Don't limit yourself in what you what you watch or what you or the people you look up to or you know, the people you try to learn from. It's like, there's no limitation in learning. Always learn from anybody you can possibly learn from. And it's, and always, and one thing I'm very highly on, uh, high on is uh, elderly people. It's like, I always, I always give them the time of day because they know everything. Mm. I, I truly know this. I, I, they know everything. It's, I think I know a lot from the time I was 15 to now. I know a hell of a lot. So imagine these people, mm-hmm. the experiences they've been through. What this? So everything they tell you, it's not to tell you. It's because they've been they through it. They've seen it. So it's like those people learn from those people. Mm. Yeah, that's all I can say, man. My man. Yes, sir. I think next time we'll see you. We'll see you on stage, WrestleMania. My God, my guy, your guys are out there. Inshallah. Inshallah, always. My guy, appreciate you. You already know. Mojabari yes, Kid sir. Chocolate. Yes, sir. You guys heard it here first. My guy. We've been trying to do this for a while. <laughs> we finally got it. <laughs> We're here. We're finally here, man. Yeah, it's awesome. But you guys did see the pool, right? You did see. Yeah. That didn't happen. That was like five five years in the making. All right, man. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> and just like that, man. <laughs> Gift the gap, baby. You know what it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm tired of this thing already. <laughs> <laughs> we out. <laughs>